Hey guys, in today's episode, we'll be doing our regular weekly stock roundup with highlights on GrabSpec and a brief look into Coinbase IPO before diving into our McDonald's analysis. Tune in and hope you enjoy. Welcome to the Think Stocks podcast. I am Nico. And I am Andrew. In this podcast, we will be breaking down the weekly news on the stock market and talking about stocks. We do upload a small portion of our podcast to YouTube. So if you haven't checked that out yet, just go to YouTube and search Think with Andrew. What's up, guys? And welcome back to another episode of the podcast, the Ting Stock Podcast. How are you, Nico? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you. It's very nice of you to ask. Um, I'm actually looking forward to next week. Uh, Want to know why next week? What's going on next week? Uh, next week, uh, I'm actually having a go-kart session. Yeah. Oh. oh. Yeah. Finally, after like five years uh, wanting to go go-kart, I think next week is finally time to do it. And I'll, really? I'll let you guys know to the listener next week uh, on when I get first posi- pole position. Pole position. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that's what I'm Grazi ragazi. <laughs> Grazi ragazi. <laughs> yeah. So. Forza all, Ferrari. Uh, okay. <laughs> So cool. yeah, um, today we'll be talking about our Grab spec, and uh, obviously yeah. Grab is a very big company in Southeast Asia, especially Malaysia. Uh, mm. It it uh, threw out Uber, right? It bought U- Uber's market share and told them to move out of Malaysia. If I'm not mistaken, is that true? Mm-hmm. Yep, they, they yep. did a deal with Uber to have their share in Southeast Asia, basically, which was a great move um, back in the day. And it was a big mistake on Uber's part, as in they lost out. But I don't believe Uber was really catered well for the Southeast Asian market, because I think it's a whole different understanding between the Western Hemisphere and the Eastern Hemisphere, right? How things are done and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But, and Grab is uh, founded by Malaysians, if, if I'm not mistaken. Yep, Malaysians, yeah. uh, both named Tan, but not related, which is great. <laughs> um, they went, they met in Harvard, and they 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 came up with this idea of uh, bringing uh, something like Grab down into Malaysia, where back where they are, they are. Oh wow, I can't speak. <laughs> back where they were from, right? They wanted to introduce uh, ride hailing, and also one of the main reasons was to make it a safer form of transport. I believe back in the day. They were saying how um, taxis in Malaysia were still quite dangerous, especially for women, you know, to um, take taxis late at night or stuff like that. So when you bring in this ride hailing, it, it sort of helps to make it a bit of a safer space. Yeah. yeah. Maybe I can add in a little bit uh, true, on this true. safe safety stuff, right? I, uh, mm. Before, I, when I graduated about two years ago, I was jobless because I was waiting for my ceremony, my graduation and my cert, right? I actually mm. drove for Grab for a couple months. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh, I had experience working with Grab uh, or, or they would like to call us partners. Uh, I don't know. I, I would feel I'm working for them. Uh, mm. And the, the experience is not that bad, actually. Uh, we get paid pretty decent at Grab. Uh, a rough estimate of people sell a uh, rough estimate of four to five K a month. Yeah, I, I, if I'm hardworking, I can get that amount. Um, somewhere around even higher than a fresh graduate pay in our country, if you're listen, listening from all across the world, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, fresh graduate pay is about 2,500 ringgit, I would say, in Malaysia, right, Nico? Yeah. Um, and, and if you were to start off with Grab, you get like 4K? Mm. Yeah. Wow. But, okay. Yeah. And the, the, but obviously, there is always uh, ups and downs when you're driving for Grab. But we're not talking about driving for Grab. Grab yeah. is going through a SPAC, SPAC yep. deal. Yep, uh, yep, would you yep. like to talk a bit about the SPAC deal, Nico? Right. So Grab has uh, started in 2011 and it has come a long way now. And now they are in line to have what is going to be called the world's largest SPAC merger. And it's valued at 39.6 billion USD. Billion. Wow. Huge. And yeah, so basically huge. Grab is getting a merger deal together with a group called Altimeter Growth uh, Corporation, I believe. And okay. how, um, so the better way to uh, explain this is to explain what a SPAC is in the first place, right? Mm-hmm. So for our listeners who are listening in, a SPAC is a special purpose acquisition company, SPAC. And this is a company which is formed with, well, no real commercial operations. And it's strictly just formed to raise capital through an IPO, an initial public offering. 
So when these two companies merge, meaning when Grab merges with Altimeter Growth uh, Group, what happens is uh, a SPAC is formed. And a SPAC, again, is not on the commercial side. It is strictly just there to raise capital to push them through an IPO. And it's sort of like a shortcut for companies to get into IPOs, you know? Because um, mm-hmm. if you think about it, most companies back in the day, they would have to, you know, build up capital and then um, work for years and years and years before they can actually, you know, say, okay, I'm ready to let my company go public. I'm ready yep. to, you know, um, hit the big money, la, so to say, to cash out, la, so to say. But with with um, spec deals, it, it quickens the process up. And I think your one of your the guy that you look up to, Mister Chamat. Palf, yeah, he's Palf the king Pitaya. of spec. Apparently, yeah, yeah. he's the king mm-hmm. of spec. So, yeah, basically, specs is a combination between a businessman and his business, and they will merge together usually with a group of investors and experienced um, what what they call underwriters. Underwriters usually are involved in the bank, so they will more or less work together with you to create and um, sort of pull together interest from investors and to put a price tag on your company. That's how it works. And once you have that price tag, then you will go towards an IPO, right? So again, um, 39.6 billion USD, it's huge. It's going to be the world's largest spec merger. And to give you a bit of of, uh, insight on the Grab's performance in Southeast Asia. Currently, in the year 2020, um, Grab makes about 52 billion USD. That's their market worth in Southeast Asia. Okay. And it's projected to be worth 180 US billion again in 2025. So okay. this is another huge number. So it makes sense that this is happening and that they are going to be moving forward with an IPO. And really the biggest winner of them all will be um, the owner of Grab himself, uh, mm-hmm. Mr. Tan, as I will call him. Mr. Anthony Tan. So Mr. Anthony Tan is the CEO and co-founder of Grab. And why I say he'll be the biggest winner in all of this is because he gets to cash out slightly. And um, mm-hmm. Grab will be getting funding from about around 4.5 billion, I think, in the merger process. They'll be getting that money from the Altimeter Growth Corp. And um, Mr. Tan will be keeping 60.4% of the voting power, which Ooh. is huge. Wow. So that means um, yeah. his other... He still gets to call or whatever he wants to do, right? Yep, true. He still holds his company firmly uh, you can say very firmly 60.4 is yeah it's a, quite a decent amount it gives him room to even sell off stuff right yeah so even like his previous uh, investors which is like softbank um uber owns part of grab as well right through the deal that they did with to get them out of southeast asia they own part of grab mm-hmm. um toyota motors uh, tanchong motors all of these are current investors in grab and they are voting control will be diluted through this process. Okay. Because they okay. previously owned a lot more, but once it goes public, mm-hmm. it joins in a merger, uh, yep. their voting power reduces. Yeah, but the show shares Tan, get diluted a little bit, right? Yep, yep. But Mr. Mm-hmm. Tan pushes this up to 60.4, which is huge. But yeah, it's amazing to see this. I mean, it's some. It's an app that is so close to our hearts as Malaysians and I think Singaporeans can relate as well because yeah. what started off as just you know uh, taxi rides it became ride hailing ride hailing then now you can order food you can order food and now you can even do your grocery shopping and it's it's crazy just the rate of its growth yeah, yeah just how Grab is revolutionizing uh, the lifestyle of uh, the Southeast Asians right mm. uh, I, I think Grab is very smart in a way to even tell uh, Uber, you know, give us this space. We'll give you a certain amount of shares uh, and you control your side, I'll control my side. Something like yeah. a mafia shit. You know? <laughs> like <laughs> you, you stay your territory, I stay my territory, we'll, bo- we'll both be happy, right? Yeah. We share the same cocaine or something like that. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, that, that's what I understand from it. But yeah, interesting on Grab. Um, But 40 billion is very big, right? It makes mm. them one of the bigger companies already um if it comes out 
are you looking to study further in depth on Grab, just knowing that you use their products so often? Yeah, definitely. But I mean, it still depends on what price it comes out at. Uh, because like usually you see IPOs once they launch, it either goes up really quickly and then yeah. holds or it mm-hmm. tends to crash, right? Because it yep. gets overvalued for the IPO. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the recent? There was a recent IPO yeah. that launched. Coinbase. And then, Coinbase. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we'll yeah. be talking about that soon. But yeah, mm-hmm. so that, that, that's, where, that's where I'm coming from. Like I would want to because I believe in the product. I use it you know, on a regular basis and the direction that they're heading in is incredible. What they've achieved in such a short period of time is also incredible. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I would love to, but I would need a better look at also their financials again. But um, for the right price, definitely, yeah. What about you? Um, Because I'm concentrating my portfolio currently with um, Tesla, focusing majority of Tesla and uh, Apple and Palantir, right? But hmm. if it comes out at the right price, which... I don't think it will always come out at the right price. Uh, Mark, let's say a, a company going IPO, usually it, they don't sell you at a cheaper rate. The company won't give you at a discount. Uh, mm. But if it gives us at a discount, why not? But I might not get it at IPO uh, because, you know, you, IPO is very, very volatile. And I don't mm-hmm. like volatility. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, but that leads to uh, talking about IPO. Maybe I can explain a little bit on Coinbase IPO, right? So, mm, to sure. understand a little bit more on volatility, right? But mm, yeah. ultimately, on Grab's back, um, I, w- I will study it, definitely. But uh, it will have to give me a very, very good price for me to enter. Right. That's my Grab's back, uh, what do you call this, uh, if, I will, I'm buying, if I am buying or not. Also, another IPO that we had this week, right, uh, was Coinbase. Have you heard of Coinbase, Nico? I've, I've seen it around, but I, I have not much of a clue of what they do. What was it about? Coinbase is basically a platform for people to trade uh, cryptocurrencies. And currently, it is valued at $60 billion. It, it went IPO about $60 billion as well, $65 billion if I'm not mistaken. But currently, it has dropped down a little bit to $60 billion. And oh, wow, okay. there was a lot of there was a lot of hype in this stock, you know, like like uh, there was a lot of hype. But usually, when there's a lot of hype, it means also there's a lot of volatility, right? Yeah, fair? sure, fair, yeah. fair. And people were actually screaming to be cautious on this stock. Uh, I was telling my friends, uh, I uh, all of my friends to be cautious. You know, it, and many of my friends are traders. I told them to be cautious on this. And fair enough. Um, if you are not monitoring your stock closely, because you know, uh, if you're Asian, yeah, the stock markets opens at night, right? So if you're not monitoring them closely, you, the stock actually open at three fifty. So you can set a limit order and uh, like three eighty, and then you might catch it at three eighty. So mm-hmm. it ran up up to like four ten. But towards the end of the day, towards the end of trading, the end of trading day, it actually crashed back down to three twenty. Right. So there's a lot of volatility. But a little bit more background on Coinbase is that they had revenue of $2 billion in Q1 and a net income of $800 million, which means there's about a 45% margin. Um, I think that's pretty good, uh, 45% margin. Most of their revenue comes from tra- transaction fees, um, a little bit more old school. Mm, um, okay. They have also $1 billion in cash and $6 billion in asset. Uh, a lot of money on hand. Uh, that's good. Um, they don't need that much money, but you know, with with money on hand, you get to play around a little bit more, right? Mm. Let it be technology or whatever. So, to wrap this Coinbase up, right? I feel like it's not actually it's not actually a bad investment, but I would stay cautious because let's be very real. If crypto continues to go up, Coinbase would most likely trend with it, and if crypto crypto goes down, Coinbase will also trend with it goes downwards. Um. Mm. A lot of people are saying crypto is the future. And part of me also says that crypto is the future. With more companies adopting to crypto, like Tesla and many other American companies. But we also have to keep both eyes open, right? You can't just keep one eye open on the good side and then your other eye closed, right? Blindsided on one eye, you don't want that. So there is actually a news article that came out on Yahoo Finance today that, that, that is stated that Turkey was banning Bitcoin. 
Yeah. And okay. we 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 know that uh, India had plans to ban Bitcoin in the past, right? Where they state that where they said that they wouldn't want any mining activities in the country and they would tell all the Indian citizens to liquidate all Bitcoin's holding. Mm, yeah. That was huge for a while, right? Made yeah, a lot of waves was, in the market. Yeah, and I'm not so sure on the Turkish news yet. I haven't read it. It was like few minutes before our podcast, so I didn't get the opportunity to read it. But if it is following the India trend, with more countries coming to it, I would stay cautious. Mm, I would yeah. be very cautious. But that that's my understanding on Coinbase. Do you have any input that you would like to share with our listeners today? I mean, again, like with these these um, sort of new technology companies, I find it a bit hard to wrap my head around the idea. Of what the business is what they're actually selling and doing like you're saying that they get two billion in revenue and there are no physical items there yeah. are no ads i don't think they're doing ads like if facebook you know facebook is doing ads right that's where their revenue is coming from mm-hmm. but with coinbase to come up and then just say you know they're selling um cryptocurrencies and then charging certain costs certain fees or whatever and then to say they have such a Two billion is not small amount. It's quite yeah, quite, it's quite, quite a uh, decent sum. So mm-hmm. I don't know how to wrap my head around it. And for me personally, um, just like what Warren Buffett always says, if I don't understand it, I'm not getting into it. Uh. <laughs> I, yeah, it's nice to look at, nice to see, nice to touch one broken, <laughs> considered soul. You know. <laughs> so, uh, be, yeah. Before we go into McDonald's uh, analysis, right? I want to tell you one of the. Uh, things I've been listening the past week. I've been listening a lot of motivational videos past week. Uh, okay. Yeah, I've been. Uh, I, my motivation has been very low as an individual. Um, but one thing I've been listening was Warren Buffett's uh, ideology of buying a share. Mm. Uh, he said that you you know the baseball analogy where you have three strikeouts when someone yes. throws at you your batter. There's three yes, strikeouts. Yes, yes. And as an investor, you have no strikeouts. People can throw as many balls as you at, at you, but mm. The, the key is that you want to swing and hit a home run or at least hit it, hit it right? You don't want to swing and receive a strike. That, that's what mm. he said. La. So when, when he was younger, people could throw Microsoft at him. Bill Gates threw Microsoft and he said, I'm not going to invest in Microsoft. I'm going to stick to my chewing gums. That's what yeah. he said. My yeah. chocolates <laughs> and chewing gums, right? <laughs> so yeah, it's, if, like, like me and you, we don't understand Coinbase. Yeah, we're staying away from it. It's just so mm. simple. Right? Yeah. But Something we can explain a little bit is McDonald's, right, Nico? Yeah. Yeah. You want to do that that lovely intro that we have? A lovely intro that we yeah. have. Huh? Yeah. We can do that. Yeah. For our listeners. Huh? Mm-hmm. So for it's now time for a segment we call Stock Pick of the Week. Do note that this is neither a buy nor a sell call for these stocks, but rather an open discussion regarding the selected stock. If you like us to cover a specific stock, DM us on Instagram at thinkwithandrew and we'll line it up in the following episodes. So, for this week's stock pick of the week, we'll be covering McDonald's. Yeah! And, um, judging from my waistline, I, I think I know a thing or two about McDonald's. <laughs> la, huh? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I love McDonald's as well. Mm. Yeah, uh, I I eat too much McDonald's sometimes. Uh, <laughs> Big Mac. Uh, my, my parents tell uh, me to not eat so much McDonald's, but it's it's too good to be staying away from them. We need to um, enjoy life, right? Yeah, like yeah. Warren Buffett said, he he eats anything that he wants. Mm. <laughs> but hopefully well, we don't we, we get a long life like Warren Buffett also, lah. <laughs> true, true. Yeah, uh, maybe, so maybe you mm. can run over the basics or the outline of the company. For McDonald's? Yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah. Let's go. Uh, maybe we, we can go up the, the fundamentals of the company, like you said, right? So currently mm. McDonald's is valued with a market cap of $172 billion, uh, which that leads to a PE ratio of about 36 PE. Um, let, let, let's just break it down step by step, shall we? So market cap, $172 billion. Humongous company, right? Yes. Big company. Uh, if you've been living under a rock, then you might not have heard of McDonald's. But if you had internet access, or if, if you even live in a small town, I'm pretty sure you have seen McDonald's. The um, golden arches, right? 
Yeah, you, you can go anywhere in this world and you can get a McDonald's. Like, you can go to Japan and get their own unique uh, McDonald's set and you can come to Malaysia if you're from United States or whatever. Uh, we have something called uh, Ayam Goreng McD, right? You mm. should come and try that. That's amazing. That's what made my waistline, you know, a little <laughs> wider. <laughs> but the market cap is big. Uh, means it's a very big company for food and beverage place, right? Mm, um, yeah. But the PE is currently at 36. If we are following the value investing strategy, it's a little bit overpriced. 20 is what's the, what you call the, the fair value, right? 20 to 25. Um, 36 is a little bit overpriced. So doesn't sound that good on that end. But on a net profit margin, we are at like 25%, which is pretty good. And the revenue growth has actually been decreasing annually. In 2016, we have about 24 billion. And in 2019, pre-COVID, we had 21 billion. And in 2020, which most of the business was impacted regardless, right? We had 19 billion. So we can see like in a five years trend, re- McDonald's revenue has been decreasing. And whenever there's decreasing revenue, that's usually not a good sign, right, Nico? Yeah, usually. Yeah, we don't like to see decreasing revenue. However, McDonald's did pull a rabbit out of their head. Uh, their hat, their head. How can I pull? <laughs> doesn't make sense. <laughs> their hat, right? So the, the net profit of McDonald's has been growing annually for the past five years, despite their uh, revenue decreasing. So in 2016, they had about 4.69 billion and pre-COVID, they had $6 billion. So Increasing annually, good, but in 2020, uh, COVID hit and then their revenue, their, their net, net profit just uh, went down significantly back to 4.73. But that's understandable because, you know, uh, restaurants were shut uh, back in March 2020. It was crazy. Uh, the yeah. whole economy was out. And I remember I couldn't get McDonald's for close to three to four months. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I was I was upset. During those periods, I was very upset, honestly. Yeah. Mm, yeah, I can agree with that as well. Like, as in my experience was, I think, um, similar to yours, trying to, you know, I would want to go out just to get a drive through or something, but you couldn't just leave your house, right? You were just locked mm-hmm. in your house. Mm. Yeah, that, that was pretty bad. Um, but that means, right, but if, even though their, their revenue decreasing, but their net profit has been increasing, right? That, that, that Does that mean that their management has been been becoming more efficient? Mm, it depends because you have to take a look at their business model first, exactly what it is they're doing. Um, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe I can dive into that a little bit. Yeah, yeah Sharing please. what it is that's going on in, in the management itself. So mm-hmm. um, they basically have had a new CEO come in about a year ago or slightly more than a year ago. And, you know, when he came in, he came, he's already walking into, you know, a big, huge company. And it's a matter of maintaining the image, growing the business and making an even even larger uh, lead against their competitors, right? Because I think um, in the US especially, there's a lot of up and coming brands like Shake Shack, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and stuff like that. So to, he, his job is basically to keep McDonald's relevant and um, still have a big margin between them and the competitors. So what he has done is he's tried to implement what's called a velocity growth plan, right? Okay. And in the velocity growth plan, he plans to focus on the consumer itself and try to make things uh, consumer focused in that. That way, their hope is to maintain customers because McDonald's is, whether you like to admit it or not, it's unhealthy, right? Can you agree yeah, with that? I can definitely agree <laughs> with that. And health issue is definitely one thing that has been looming on the internet, especially, right? Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, look at our waistline. That's what we started <laughs> off. <laughs> yeah, go on. Yeah. But yeah, so um, that's the downside of McDonald's. Like, as people are getting more and more aware of, you know, um, the health risks involved with fast food and McDonald's being a fast food chain and what they're serving. So people are maybe shying away and going towards uh, Shake Shack, Subway and other healthier options, right? So um, with the Velocity Growth Plan, what they're doing is they're spending about $1 billion a year on tech initiatives. So something you might 
we we might all be familiar with is in the recent like maybe two years or so i think we can all agree that every time we walk into a mcdonald's we are now faced with these bright touchscreen led screens right yeah and that's where you do your orders now right you just walk in you tap on the screen what you want you swipe your card and either the food will get sent to you or you can collect the food right yep that's true so in that tech initiative they're cutting down the expenses in terms of uh, employees so they don't have to hire as many staff as they had to previously of course there's going to be costs for the machinery but it's it's significantly um, cheaper to be able to afford those machines maintain them rather than to hire a full-time employee so okay. that works in a sense to um, reduce the cost and that's where you're saying you know if it's more efficient uh, business right mm-hmm. even though with shrinking revenues their net profit is growing this this sort of plays a part with it as well but it's also to get consumers more engaged into the the whole process rather than leaving um chances of error like what what happens when you go up to mcdonald's counter and you meet with uh the cashier who's not having a good day right Mm-hmm. they they're not smiling they are you know <laughs> giving you a hard time yeah. and then you are just staring at the board trying to figure out what you want and then you can see they are trying to rush you right mm-hmm. so with this plain touch screen it eliminates all of the human aspects of it 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 reduces that as well so it's more sort of more friendly as society becomes more individualistic right yep and Yeah, um besides that also in line with their tech initiatives they also bought over a company called um Dynamic Yield which is an AI company and mm-hmm. they also bought a company called Apprente which is a voice recognition company. Mm-hmm. And so with that you can roughly see that what has happened with the kiosk is what's next is probably going to be happening with the drive through. Mm-hmm. With the voice recognition you will no longer need someone at the counter to take your orders and key it in physically uh-huh. so now you can just drive up and be greeted with a you know hello siri you know <laughs> you be with one of those and then you can just throw in your order and it will convert and you drive up to the next window and it'll be delivered at your window most probably right mm-hmm. so that's all in line with their plans for going growing forward yeah i, I think that, that's a yeah. very good plan right when when you can like automate most of the things uh, obviously yeah we're talking about capex era capital expenditure um hmm. yes you have to fork out a little bit of money to start it up but if you can not if like when when you run it over a long period of time you're actually saving more money like you said than hiring hiring regular people yeah right yeah. and maybe one thing i would like to add in when we're talking about capex right nico Uh, hmm. is that how they like to renovate their buildings right okay ha- have you ever do you recall any time right when you were younger at a mcdonald's it was actually way more colorful back then yeah and there were yeah. so many other more characters just not just ronald mcdonald yeah <laughs> and i remember back then at one of the local malls that i used to grow up in back in kl kuala lumpur hmm. um they had ronald mcdonald sitting outside uh he, had, he he he's obviously a clown right like many of us <laughs> <laughs> he's obviously a clown and i would like to sit beside him and take pictures yeah, um sure. these days you kind of don't see mr ronald mcdonald anywhere anymore hmm. in malaysia at least you you don't see him anywhere anymore and you look at how they renovate the buildings right they kind of like try to keep in line with the current trend Right? right back then mcdonald was i remember my fifth birthday right uh, my dad took me to celebrate at mcdonald's one of my best birthday i ever remember i was five years old uh, i oh, still nice. remember till today That's yeah nice. it was yeah it was very fun because mcdonald in malaysia we had the slides and shit like that right mm, yeah yeah it was fun uh thanks dad if you're listening um <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh and how did how they have changed that that concept right back then it was very colorful and stuff like that it was yellow and orange or you know, red and stuff like that and now it's mostly just red and dark red and black mm. right yeah. like how they transform their thing to minimalistic like me and you were discussing before the podcast right yeah yeah and w- what do you think about that do you think that's a necessary capex um uh, it it goes back again to their 
vision of you know changing what McDonald's is about. They don't want you to be stuck with the old McDonald's, right? So like any other company also, you you have every iPhone that comes out, it has to have a different physical feature, right? It was okay. previously in the iPhone 3, it was a curved uh, sides, right? Mm-hmm. And then in the iPhone 4, box. iPhone 5, yep. I think it was box still. I know iPhone 5 was, no, iPhone 5 was still box, yeah. But iPhone 6, back to curve. You know, so yeah. it, it switched back to curve, but then now in the iPhone 12, you see again it's back to the box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, you know, it, it, even though they're just recycling the design, mm-hmm. the important thing is always to keep changing things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So w- maybe when we have kids, right, our kids will probably have the colorful McDonald's generation again. Mm-hmm. Brings back the but, nostalgia, right? Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. And so we would want to, you know, bring our kids to experience like how you would have experienced as a kid. But they probably have this research going on in the background to realign their appearance with what is the biggest spending group, right? Mm-hmm. So all of us grew up with McDonald's, so we're used to the brand. And then if we currently prefer a minimalistic approach, they would want to be appear more minimalistic, so more approachable for us as a generation. So yeah, I, I think fair. it's it's maybe... Maybe it's not worth spending the money, but again, I think it's still, I believe it's a good thing. I think it's worth the money that they're spending. They are just re-imaging and they can always change the image again and again and again. The, mm-hmm. the only thing they really need to keep is just the golden arches. That's the only thing that actually needs to stay constant about them. <laughs> because now they're going into like salads and stuff like that as well, right? So, yeah. you know, everything is up for grabs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a very fair argument. Um, especially bringing up the nostalgia, like what you said, uh, bringing up like what we said this earlier, right? Bringing up the nostalgia, right? If I were to be older and if I'm blessed enough to have a kid, and mm. it was colorful again, I'll bring him to celebrate at McDonald's once because I had it. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that that's maybe one point to note, and maybe that's what they do in the business background, right? In the marketing team, we don't know. Uh, yeah. I'm not in the marketing team, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, going back to the fundamentals of the business, the the, the financials of the business, right? So yes. the, the net profit has been increasing annually, and the management is technically becoming more efficient with lesser revenue. Technically, I would say. Uh, and let's talk about free cash flow. And it's very important in a business that you want to see free cash flow grow, right? Yes, because true. what is uh, free cash flow used for is to do shares buy- share buyback, right? And mm. as, a, as an investor in a company, you like share buyback because that means less lesser shares outstanding in the market means that you own a greater percentage in the company, mm. right? And the price goes up. And the price goes up. And also... Paying dividends. Uh, usually, they use free cash flow to pay your dividends. And if your company is losing free cash flow, you usually get paid less dividends. Mm, yeah. yeah. So, what is good about McDonald's is that their, their free cash flow has been increasing from 2016 to 2019 pre-COVID. Right? In 2016, they were, ha- they were had... What the hell am I saying? <laughs> <laughs> In 2016, they had $4.24 billion. Uh, in free cash flow and in 2019 they had 5.73 billion in free cash flow mm. however in 2020 because of covid and everything went to shit uh, they had 4.26 billion yeah yeah okay it sounds like we're back to 2016 but i i, I can forgive them on this because covid was rough mm, right for everyone yeah yeah for rough it was rough for everyone and to see them going back to 2016 2017 level it sucks, but I do understand why. And in from their performance, right, the past five years' performance, I will see them growing back their. I will see them growing back their free cash flow, mm, and yeah. that will also mean that their dividend yield should be at least maintained uh, at at the current level or increased over time, right. I'm pretty mm. sure you have heard of this thing where people say like McDonald's is a dividend play. Do you agree with that, Nico? Yeah. McDonald's is a... I mean, Ronald McDonald is a clown. But <laughs> McDonald's is a dividend king. Yeah, it, it, you, might, you might think Burger King is the king, but yeah, McDonald's is a real dividend king. They yeah. have 
increase the dividend continuously for 44 years in a row jesus christ you love to hear that yeah and yeah. right now i mean you're getting about five dollars per year i mean if you're buying one share that doesn't you know it doesn't mean much but mm-hmm. if you had bought 10 20 100 200 shares or you know hundreds of thousands of shares that's big money so mm-hmm. it really is a dividend place but what i see i don't see how people are buying this for capital appreciation mm-hmm. like like you mentioned much earlier right that it's kind of already um reaching the end of the s curve s curve yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and so it's no longer uh, about capital appreciation but more on riding on the dividend yields so the price will still go up uh, adjusted with inflation right so mm-hmm. maybe it'll reach 300 in a few years or maybe reach 400 in a few years but it's always going to be the dividends that that's the reason why people are there yeah mm-hmm. And I I do agree with you. Uh, like I said earlier, right? Uh, McDonald's has reached the end of the S curve. Uh, they have matured as a company, uh, way very very well known company. And I do see a growth about five percent a year. Uh, include the dividend and stuff. Um, but you're not gonna get that hyper growth kind of thing in McDonald's. If you're yeah, no. a growth investor, uh, there's other place out there. <laughs> McDonald's is not a growth stock at all. But if you're Dividend investor, like what we discussed in our previous podcast, right? It's important to mm. use for you to start your dividend investing early, not towards the end of retirement, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're a dividend investor, this is a great stock for you to buy. And I don't see, honestly, in my own opinion, don't sue me. This, don't sue me on this. Uh, it's <laughs> not a financial advice, right? In my own opinion, I don't see McDonald's going anywhere. I, I see them being a powerhouse for the next ten years at least. Right. Mm-hmm. And maybe maybe I can explain why as mm-hmm. as to that is such. It's okay. because of their business structure and their business model. I mean, anyone who's watched the founder, you know, the McDonald's movie, right? Um, I've never know. watched a movie. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Do you want to explain? Is it a good um, movie? It's it's a good movie. It basically tells uh tells you the story of McDonald's, how it came about, and stuff like that. How two brothers started out with a, a burger shop. Oh, and okay. they were tired of the long waiting times and they were tired of having to use utensils and stuff like that so they made a system in the kitchen to make it very fast that means um between the patties getting cooked on the stove being put on the buns and with their condiments and sauces and packed in a sheet and out the window in a matter of maybe minutes sec- seconds minutes something like that so mm-hmm. people can just pay at the counter and just collect their food while they're walking away so it was at that at that point in time it was very innovative and it was something never seen before right because back then people were always eating at restaurants like you would have to sit down and eat or you would get in your car order food and sit in your car and then wait for food to be delivered to your car and then you eat in your car Mm-hmm. So there's still that time of you know having to wait in your car before you get the food, whereas mm-hmm. with what these two brothers were doing is you could drive up, get your food immediately, and eat in your car. So then this guy Ray Kroc he comes in and he's trying to sell um I think it was a milkshake maker or something like that right. He sells okay. them quite a few lah because they have quite high demand for their milkshakes as well, and he sees this and he sees this as a like an unmissable opportunity. So he comes back and he's. Telling them, you know, let me. I want to join in. I want to be an investor and stuff like that. He takes it and then he becomes their franchise manager. So he he's allowed to open another franchise, right? Mm-hmm. And he goes and opens a few franchises, but this franchise cannot make money because they're selling very cheap burgers and and in high quantities. But they always have a lot of expenses to pay, so you're not making any money. Barely lah, like, you're barely making any money. Mm-hmm. And then Ray Kroc meets an accountant guy, and then the accountant guy looks through the books and stuff like that. And in the movie, that's a very highlighted scene uh, where the accountant tells him that you're not in the business of selling burgers; you're in the business of real estate. So okay. it switches. The switch happens there, whereby you're no longer selling burgers, but you're selling land on which McDonald's is built. So okay. that's where I can come in and you know explain what what. Um, the actual business model of McDonald's is they don't actually sell burgers and fries and ice cream. Those are sold by other people. They own the land which the McDonald's building is sitting on. So as of right now, 
in at the end of 2019 there were a total of 38,695 McDonald outlets and of those outlets 93% are franchised that means 93% are actually run by somebody else only 7% is company owned right okay. so yeah. the the terms in which McDonald's uh uh let's other people run the business right is they have three uh three types which is the conventional franchise number 1 the developmental license number 2 and affiliate number 3 so let me let me just break down each of these three in the conventional franchise arrangement the company usually will uh own the long term lease on the land and building of the restaurant location right so the franchisee and the McDonald's corporation they can have a discussion we want to open a McDonald's here McDonald's will say okay sure buddy i'll call up the banker and i'll get the loan approved and we're going to build it right here the franchisee however will pay for things like equipment signs seatings decorations and also there's always going to be that upfront fee right there's always going to be that upfront fee that the franchisee has to pay pay to the corporation then the franchisee is also in charge of reinvesting capital whatever money that you know they make how he chooses to reinvest mcdonald's is not going to tell him how to do it but he has to do it on his own so that's how you can differentiate between outlet to outlet how their performance is then um how does mcdonald's make money out of a conventional franchise it's basically made up of two things payment of rent the franchisee has to pay mcdonald's corporation rent and also royalties based upon a percentage of their sales and this is with minimum amounts yeah the rent and the percentage of sales there is a minimum amount and there's apparently also a maximum amount whereby it fluctuates when your outlet is doing much better you actually have to pay a higher percentage from your sales okay So is is that okay? Am I going at a good pace? Do you did you I do you catch what do you catch what I mean? Yeah, I I did catch what you mean. And don't get me wrong, I'm just trying to listen closely because I've always been this uh how do I say this hopeful kind of person where I feel like I want to invest into a McDonald's business in in the future and everything that you're giving me right now is very very informative to me. Um, from like those uh, who who pays for the how uh the real estate and who pays for the the equipments and stuff like that. Who pays your employees, right? Those are mm. very very crucial information to me. Um so don't worry about me just continue. I I'm loving every single second of this. So please continue. Right, cool. Oh, but fun fact for you know, since you you're talking about maybe owning a franchise of your own, um mm-hmm. McDonald's is quite strict on their franchisees. Oh, like they no. really want an active <laughs> owner. Oh, <laughs> so no. they actually are looking at you have to have a portfolio of at least previous businesses you have tried to run be an active entrepreneur you know have other franchises other smaller franchises you need to have experience before you can actually get into owning a McDonald's franchise it's no. not that easy you know <laughs> no don't <laughs> do me like this <laughs> it's not like you know you can just work a day job you know win the lottery the next day and then yeah you know what i'm going to open a fran- franchise yeah, yeah. not that fun bro <laughs> So looks like we have to start our own business. Hopefully our podcast kicks up and then we can be uh, so-called entrepreneurs, right? Yep. yep, yep. <laughs> But let, let's just continue with the business model right. of McDonald's. Right. So under this conventional franchise arrangement, right? The McDonald's corporation, they managed to make a significant and predictable levels of cash flow. That's what's most important. So mm-hmm. it doesn't okay. matter how many people walk in the restaurant it doesn't matter how many burgers are sold end of the day my franchisee pays me the rent right and if he makes some money i still get a royalty off of it so in some sense you actually have an average of what you're going to get every month and it's fixed it's not going to be up a month down a month up a month down a month nothing so it's important to note that this brings them a lot of predictable levels of cash flow right uh-huh. so that was conventional franchise arrangements that was the first part right the second part is going to be called a development license and actually i can group it together with affiliate arrangements so development license and affiliate arrangements are the two other ways you can open a mcdonald's restaurant but in these cases you are given the license by mcdonald's to own and operate the business but but 
McDonald's, the company, will not spend a single cent on it. They will oh. not buy the land. They will not buy the building. You have the license, but you have to put up all the cash. Oh, you have to find your location. You have to get the rent. You have to buy the signboards, and it's not like you can buy any signboards, right? Like if you go to any McDonald's, it's going to have the same outlook. So you have yeah. to fork out the cash to match their requirements, and then they will only just take a royalty based on your sales. They don't collect rent because they don't own the land. So this is normally in cases where you know um, they don't trust the franchisee. If if they trust the person enough, they would give them a franchisee arrangement. But if they don't, then they can okay. Option B, you can do a license, or option C, you can do an affiliate, right? And so in that way, they don't McDonald's doesn't want to take the risk, and they don't want to be liable for that land that that specific um, location is sitting on. Because really, right. the success and failure of each outlet depends very much on the franchise owner how proactive he or she is in managing what goes on and managing the employees that are there because mcdonald's obviously provides training yes they provide a lot of rules where you know things are standardized yes but when it comes to the details everything can get ruined just by a bad employee right someone spitting that's in a burger true. and then then that's that's that lah that's done your your <laughs> outlet is hit with yeah. hugely Amounts of hate, right? Mm -hmm. So it, it it comes down to um the franchise owner itself. That's why McDonald's is putting very high specifics on it. And this actually got me thinking a little bit when you mm. say that uh, on license, right? They, they they don't actually own the real estate, and yes. you say that uh, their main business is actually owning the real estate, right? And mm. this got me thinking that so maybe mall mcdonald's you know the ones that are in malls yes yes most likely those are affiliates and license right because i don't think they can own a lot in a mall um it's actually i believe it's doable like they, they can um probably arrange a rental agreement for a number of years like you know what banks do with um their locations banks mm -hmm. will usually lease a location for at least 20 years with the mm -hmm. owner itself so when a like mall opens up did, right Yes, yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. So like when a mall opens up, McDonald's can approach them and say, I want this exact lot and I want it for maybe 10 years or something like that. And then that's how they can actually technically own the land. Uh. And then, so they are leasing from the mall and they're subleasing to the franchisee. It's doable, right? Oh. Not totally impossible. But oh, okay. yeah, I, I, would, I would agree with you as well that, you know, that's, there's a chance for that's where licensees and um, affiliates would, would be, right? Right, right, right. But that's very interesting. So usually with franchisees, um, the terms are usually about 20 years. When when you choose to become a franchise owner, right, your agreement tends to start off with a 20-year agreement term. And the rules change every now and then. You know, you have to follow whatever is being uh passed on by the mcdonald's corporation if they say that it's time for electric kiosks you have to find a way to get it in whether you're going to have to let go of some of your employees or whether you're going to keep all of your employees that's up to you how to manage right they will obviously give you a plan of how to do it but you have to make the tough decisions at the end of the day yeah okay, okay. so with that said it's um it's i just wanted to make sure it's crystal clear that you know mcdonald's is not selling burgers what they are doing is just buying uh, land and buildings and renting it out so their main business is collecting rent and on top of that they collect a royalty over your sales and this royalty is actually flexible like the more you make i think there's a higher cap on how much mcdonald's actually takes back from you and again like i was saying earlier 93 percent of the open outlets are run by franchisees and only 7% is actually owned by the company itself. And the main goal in the years to come is actually to get to 95%. That's where McDonald's wants to sit around. It's important wow. for them to also have company operated uh, outlets. Can you guess why? So that they can be the leaders and they can dictate and understand their business a bit. <laughs> exactly. No? Pretty much. Oh, pretty much. I'm correct. Yeah. <laughs> that is not right. <laughs> I, I wouldn't use the word dictate, but you know, <laughs> um, pretty much. So basically, um, what happens with these uh, company-owned outlets is they are then free to experiment, right? 
So McDonald's on their own can freely experiment new arrangements or um, ways to make things more efficient. And if it is successful in their own company-operated outlet, they will then roll it out to the franchisees. Okay, this is the new setup. You all have to just you know get in line. And it will then work. It will benefit more for McDonald's. It's helping the franchisees technically to be more efficient, right? Mm-hmm. But in the long run, McDonald's will be getting most of the profit anyways because they're still getting cash from the sales what right yeah so that's yeah, why it's true. still important for them to at least keep that five percent but 95 percent they want to collect rent huh? and i'll tell you why <laughs> okay so Let, the, let's money, why. the money that <laughs> comes in from the company's own operated outlets right mm-hmm. mcdonald's corporation only sees 15 percent of it back oh, not too bad not too bad their margin is only 15 percent Mm-hmm. But when it comes to franchisees, their margin averages at about 80%. 80%. It's huge. Yeah, that's amazing. And that, that's that, exactly that, that's why, a huge difference, yeah. That's exactly why they want to push towards being 95% uh, franchisee-owned. Because that's where the money is. That's where the money is coming from, right? So 80%, is it mm-hmm. um, a crazy number? No, and here's why. The only cost that McDonald's oh, I, has... Oh, I was going to say it's a crazy number. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I mean, it's, it, is, it, is, it, it is for general businesses. Mm-hmm. In McDonald's, no, it makes sense because the only actual uh, cost involved for McDonald's is the financing of the location and perhaps depreciation. Everything else is paid for by the franchisee. And the franchisee will pay you rent, which covers your mortgage. And actually, it's uh, added up. Uh, there's a surcharge on top of it. So the, the McDonald's Corporation is always on a net positive in the terms of rent collection. On top of that, they're taking in money from the royalties over sales. So for them to get 80% is actually, yeah, that's very, very, very doable, right? But 80% is crazy, yo. Mm, crazy amount of margin yeah that's that's amazing margin what an amazing business model from selling burgers to being real estate kings Uh, i i I can't i can't understand like why uh, people would want to sell burgers (laughs) anymore then (laughs) but yeah it's not it's easier said than done right to just be a real estate god it's impossible to just exactly that in one day yeah. And they were actually considering to change their business into a rate, a real estate investment trust. Mm-hmm. You know what rates are, right? Yeah, rates. Yeah, yeah, they were considering it, I think, back in 20, 2015. But then at the same time, there were, I think, tax tax laws changes in America, which made McDonald's choose to, you know what? We're not going to do that. We're just going to stick with what we're currently doing because it's already serving us very well. And yeah. I think fair enough. It's good, good enough on them. So besides I think that, we it's can, a good decision, right? Yeah, I, I would guess so. I don't know the details of it and I can't really say for sure which would have benefited them more. But I mean, you know, it's a big company. They are going to be fine either way. But we never know, right? Yeah. So we, also uh, we can look at their number of restaurants opened and closed. So in the year 2019, they opened 1,231 new restaurants and at the same time, closed about 391 restaurants. So we are looking at um, about uh, 30%. They're losing 30% in the year. That means, I mm-hmm. mean, you know, f- for every 10 outlets that they open, they close three outlets. That's what I'm, what I'm saying. Yeah, but okay. as long as that number is uh, positive, they're not closing one for every one. The ratio is not one to one. Then I, I would say it's a good year for them. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're growing. Mm-hmm. Technically, they're growing, right? Yeah. Yeah, and just at the rate they're growing. Yes, mm-hmm. correct. And the company currently owns approximately about 55% of the land for all of the restaurants mm-hmm. in in the world, basically, in the globe. They own about 55% of the land. The rest okay. are through affiliates and leases. And mm-hmm. maybe arrangements like you discussed earlier, right? Your Your idea about the malls, maybe something mm-hmm. like that as well. Mm. Oh, okay. 55%. That, that's a lot of uh, land. 
for, yes. for McDonald's. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, McDonald's is very interesting in that sense in even though we can see how their revenue is declining over the years, but it stays quite constant if if you realize like you don't mm-hmm. see it have any major drops it's not like it went from 30 billion to 20 billion or something like that that doesn't mm-hmm. happen yeah and the reason behind it is because of their stable cash flow collecting rent month after month without any hiccups at all their arrangement their franchisee arrangement is immaculate <laughs> i would say mm-hmm. um it's structured in such a way that they cannot lose and it's it's brilliant it's it's really a brilliant business and i would consider investing in it just for the dividends like i was like we discussed earlier right dividend mm-hmm. kings right? yeah mm. i was just about to ask you the question i mean maybe we would <laughs> like to wrap this up right and maybe we yeah, can give yeah. like our final thoughts on it and considering that you gave in so much information right uh I would go first and then we give your we save the best for the last right <laughs> okay, after sure. all this information right that you you fed to us to me and to our listeners today I would actually consider investing into McDonald's um this is not investment advice don't get me wrong uh don't sue me if you lose money or whatever but I feel like currently the price is a little bit overvalued this is my own personal opinion Uh, mm. and the current PEs uh, I feel like it's a little bit overvalued with, with how much the the American market has been pumped up anyways um but if you're going to dollar cost average which is the best way to invest anyways this is a good play uh the, the dividends if you're going to dividend you're going to have a dividend portfolio right if I were to go in today itself and to my dividend portfolio I would dollar cost average on McDonald's I won't go all in pump in all today or wait for anything dollar cost averaging and when there's a correction in the market that's when I will go back and spend a little bit more um mm. great business i love the business model owning the lands and stuff like that yeah there's no hyper growth here don't get me wrong no hyper growth and at the end of the s curve a huge company 5% growth a year most likely but when you hold this this is like a bring bring to the grave kind of stock right mm, yeah you yeah. you you're just going to yield more as you grow older what about you nico what, what what's your final say on this right well i mean even though i highlighted a lot of positives on the business i mm-hmm. i would also like to highlight that um it is an expensive stock to own mm-hmm. and so if you do If you are considering it I should I would advise you to take your own personal look at it again not, not and I go would doom to myself. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah. I I would advise you to you know take mm. a proper look and evaluate for yourself on the financials. Mm-hmm. I mean if you look at their graph it's always been going up, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm saying that it's a strong business because of their um predictable cash flow. That's what I'm mm-hmm. saying, right? But what you have to counter and ask yourself is um, whether or not they're moving in the right direction, and whether or not they can keep their economic mode that they have had for so 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 long, with mm-hmm. other fast foods coming in, healthier <laughs> options, and also um, if people start to hate on McDonald's one day, right? What happens to your investment if, yeah. let's say, it does not? have the capacity to um give you any capital gains if mm-hmm. let's say your gains are only coming in through dividends mm-hmm. what happens then so it's yeah. things to consider like i would say good business great business model something i believe every entrepreneur should study and learn from but whether or not to invest is indefinitely up to you you have to make yeah. decisions right because mm. when we cannot take investment for granted right there's there's no such thing as a bulletproof investment this i'm yeah. sorry to say there's no such thing uh yeah. you can have a f- tremendous business model you can have a great ceo but if something goes wrong and people don't like it and it causes them like 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 a virus outbreak like the covid outbreak right mm. your business True. can be superb and it, it will still die so yeah. If you are building a dividend portfolio, I think what I would do is also not put all my eggs in one basket. Not all in McDonald's. Mm. I would very, very like. I would like to diversify and diversify as much as possible, um, because you never know with with the health issues, especially right. 
everyone's been talking about their health issues yeah. so yeah it, it's best to be safe right Nico? yeah yeah exactly i mean mm-hmm. again what we have to understand it's it's a great business and the business model is structured that it's not just going to fall out of the sky the next day no mm-hmm. even if people stop buying mcdonald's today the next quarter's earnings is still going to be roughly similar more or less because again the franchisees still have to come up with the rent right yeah correct but but like andrew was saying earlier something could happen and maybe it's just you know uh unethical meat sauce you know they get meat from some bad butcher or something like that and then mm-hmm. the market throws the stock down the drain so yeah. it's still a big business it's still a good business tomorrow but your investment today might just go down the drain for some random news that breaks out that's true and mm. it's very important to stay diversified and obviously there's a lot of knowledge today that Nico shared and a, a lot of positive entrepreneurship knowledge I think it's amazing McDonald's is a business uh, amazing has amazing business model and maybe we can just wrap this up by saying that uh, take a closer look at McDonald's do, do your due diligence right none of this is investment advice yes, and yes. understand a little bit more we might have missed stuff that might be crucial to your investment right one hour two hour it's not enough for us to cover the entire company exactly right? yeah it's not enough for us to cover the entire company so with that being said Nico do you want to have any last words to our viewers today Mm, nothing much i want to get a happy meal <laughs> I, I i would love a happy meal right now but uh, i think i will mcdonald's is close <laughs> yeah. so yeah uh with that being said uh, thank you for listening guys uh i hope you guys enjoyed this one uh do take a deeper look in mcdonald's none of this is investment advice and i hope you guys enjoyed this episode uh, i'm andrew and i am nico happy investing yep happy investing guys